I'm Pearson Doctor. And I'm Corinne Doctor. And this is Fishing Stories. And today we are joined by the one and only Santiago del Aqua. One of our favorite people. Good friend, amazing guide, and for maybe the first time in Fishing Stories history, in person. Which was sort of the vision at the beginning, that we would be in a really cool place, sitting down with someone, recording, and now we can actually do it. That's true. So, Santi, welcome. Well, thank you so much. This, for me, couldn't get any better. Uh, we are here in Mexico, having fun, fishing together, and, well, catching some fish and enjoying the time. And this is, what, the third country we've fished together in? Uh, absolutely. We fished first in Bolivia, then in Argentina, and now we are here together again. It's pretty special. Absolutely. And all so different. It very is. Very different places, very different fish, very different fisheries. So Techniques are being different. Yeah. We are learning every time we meet up. So Anyone who doesn't know Santiago, also known as Santi, he has been on a couple guest appearances of our podcast without people even knowing. So if you've listened to the Marcelo podcast, we, of course, told a couple stories about fishing with Santi in Bolivia. If you listened to the previous episode to this with Katka, she also has been guided by Santi, another good friend. And so we have the real guy here. Yeah, in the flesh. <laughs> the actual one. So he's a guide. Yeah, I mean, let's set the stage a little bit. I mean, we know Santi from multiple trips to the jungle at Samani Lodges in Bolivia, untamed angling operation. Um, we've been to Sucure Lodge twice. And then we also have fish with Santi in northern Patagonia, uh, in his kind of home water. I began as a junior guy at my 19s, then just I had an exam, and I became a senior guy when I was 20s. And I never looked back. But yeah. I'm guiding since that time. Yeah. And more on Santi's home water later, but then we also had the opportunity to drive all the way south and fish at Jurassic with you and see some yeah. South Patagonia. And yeah, I also used to guide for Siren Browns for three years in Rio Gallegos, which it was for me like a very challenge, a great challenge to do. It was something crazy, like those Siren Browns are out of this world. Completely different. Huge, well, we've yeah. never had a chance at Siren Browns one day. Oh, yeah. one we day. will at some point. One yeah. day. One day. I love it. Yeah. Well, we first met in Bolivia in 2018, which was your second season in Bolivia? It was. Okay. Do you have a story to tell us about Bolivia? Oh yeah. That was in 2017 actually, when we first discovered the dry fly fishing for the valley. It was something amazing. Um, we were one day, I remember it was early September, water was very loud and clear. Hey, it wasn't raining for about a month. Like, it was so loud. And, and I bet it was hot. It's very hot. Yeah, very hot. And so we were spotting the fish. We already knew where the fish were locating in every structure. Sure. And it was so easy to see them, to sight fishing for. And at some point, they were not interested at all on streamers, which is the main way to catch them, right? And uh, we tried to fish for it with different kind of flies. And at some point, we just look at the box and there was not any other fly but a dry fly, right? And we asked to our native guys who follow us every day and guide with us and they drive motors but they don't speak English at all. So at some point they cannot connect that much with the clients. Right. And 
I just asked one of the guys it's if it would work, like a tiny drive fly about a two size hook, right? Very small. For Adorado at least. Yeah. I say, yeah, why not? We can try it. So we just throw the fly across a big riffle in the middle section of the river, which is half clear, half dirty, and the fly just drifts down all the way down to the deeper part of the channel and we see a huge massive fish coming out of the surface and just sift it right in a smooth moment as a brown oh trout could be. It was amazing. And that was just the first one. We had 25 takes in the same day. No oh, way. So we, what kind of fly? Yeah, so what is Chernobyl lands? Like, oh, Chernobyl's, yeah. yeah like a kind chubby. Of chubby, yeah. chubby box, like uh, fat albers, yeah. um, Chernobyl's. Well, after that, we started developing different kinds of Sure. Dry yeah, but that's perfect right. for the jungle. There's so many crazy exactly. bugs. Exactly. Especially course. during um, September and October, we have a very big hatch of cicadas. Ah. So I think, I mean, after several years fishing and guiding the same waters, we discovered that the dry flakes work way better during those months. Sure. And I think it's because of the hatch of cicadas. Also, this makes a lot of sense knowing Santi and having fished trout with Santi. Like, <laughs> for sure. For those of you who have not had the pleasure of fishing trout with Santi, he loves dry fly fishing. Like, if there's an opportunity to catch a trout on a dry fly, I will be there. You are there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what you're doing. If it there's, takes all day. Yeah, it's fine. So I can picture the look on your face when a giant dorado comes up yeah. and just like a brown trout rolling. It was something a dry fly. I will never forget. I will never. And after that, we obviously starting started improving that technique using longer leader better hooks thinner tippet exactly <laughs> better hooks thinner tippet so at some point we just dry fly fish like if it would be a trout but for the ground and it's amazing the only difficult uh, thing i think it is it's when you gotta set the hook because yeah. you got a kind of slack line yeah you dead drift yeah so the fish takes right and you get a strip set right yeah so it's not that easy as lifting up the rod for the trout. Right. No. Well, and Dorado are not so good at eating off of the surface, right? Yeah. They are kind of um, predator fish, so they go all or nothing for the bait yeah. fish and for this kind of dry flight. They can push it around a little. Exactly. Yeah. They and push too much water when they For come. anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of fishing for gold Dorado, it's a very bony, very hard mouth. It's almost like... A tarpon mouth but they have cutting teeth so you have to utilize like a very strong strip set absolutely to land these things i mean we have never messed it up when we've fished i mean never. never i don't think so no way okay our guide our All guide right. is here and yeah they are probably my best anglers <laughs> oh my well now we know yeah. that everything he says at this point on is bullshit it's but that's why but that's why it's a fishing story that's why it's a fishing story exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I have had the same experience with Golden Dorado, even fishing poppers, where you have a little bit more line on the water, a little more of like a belly in the line with current. Exactly. You know, it's one thing if you're just ripping a streamer back full speed. You're obviously tight to the fly. When the fish get eats, contact, you can get a good strip set and it's easy. Right. When you got a belly a line out and that fish eats. And then what do you do? You gotta <laughs> get tight fast is what you have exactly. to do. Exactly. Well, the last time we were in Bolivia, we fished, I mean, 
dry flies, quote unquote, but like mouse patterns and stuff, which was super Double fun. Double flies, we yeah. can say. Yeah, super fun. Ah, yeah, we had actually a couple of good situations with Corinne and also Garrison, which is a famous video now, with yeah. a mouse. It, <laughs> That's true. It almost, it yeah. almost worked out. That was a great situation. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about Dorado is like they'll sit in really interesting places, like very shallow, very fast. I mean, we walked up, it's like a big pool really big pool and there's usually big fish in this pool somewhere it seems like and there was a little side channel that was like white water i mean how how big across is this thing three feet oh yeah longer than that three feet across side channel fast water and because santi is a pro guide and has seen what's happening in the (laughs) side channel he's like "Hey, hey hey we need to look in here and see First of all, we had that Woody. Yeah. Um, Woody hooked big a big fish. Woody hooked a big one. It actually just cut through the 40-pound wire, which is unusual, but their teeth can. Yeah, and the fish was very big. It was so. a big fish. It's a big fish. And he put pressure, and the 40-pound wire broke, which is... Impressive, I would say. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> and then Sandy was like, okay, we need... To, and then I was up, and it was like, okay, we need to check this little side channel. And we peek and we look, and right at the base where this white water came in, we could see yellow. We could see there was a fish. Did you know how big that fish was? I thought it was like a medium-sized fish, but I never thought it would be. But even medium-sized for Dorado's white, yeah, it's a ten pounds exactly. Yeah, I thought it was like an eighteen-inch Dorado. Like I thought it was. Yeah, well, I thought it was a little boy. It was a little bit bigger. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was throwing a mouse. But you're throwing the fly upstream and bringing it back. And Dorado are unusual in that, like, it doesn't matter if the the streamer or a mouse or something is coming back at them, they'll still eat it. Oh, sure. Right? It doesn't, the direction doesn't matter as much. Like, I think there's so many things scattering around. They're like, oh, this fish is confused and it's running at me. I'll eat it. Doesn't As long as the line doesn't spook them. Eight seconds. Eight seconds. And this thing ate the mouse finally. And but ate it going downstream full speed at us. I tried to strip set, tried to strip set again, was running backwards, fell over. Chances are everyone listening has seen this video, which is classic now. Yeah, but if you haven't, you should check it out. It's entertaining. <laughs> Pass over tea kettle and then the fish eventually popped off. I watched the video many times and I've looked at it fairly positive that the fish scraped the mouth was in the corner the mouse was in the corner of his mouth and i'm fairly positive the fish scraped the mouse off on a rock because he was thrashing around on these rocks santi says no yeah no i didn't see that part of it i mean i never pay attention on that but well garrison has watched it a few times I've I think he's right. No, I think he's right. I've analyzed on the big screen in slow-mo, and it's in the corner, and it looks good. The fish comes up and jumps, and then he's going crazy on top of those bare rocks, like right where it comes into the pool, and he scrapes the side of his face, and then... Oh, yeah. Always the rows are tough fish to catch. I mean, they're mean, and they know what they're doing. They are mean. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the biggest Dorado you've seen guiding? Oh, 
I'll like, never forget one day when I went way up to the headwaters. We usually take four days to reach it. It's like a long camp. So you're doing camps every yeah, night. Exactly. We set two different camps in two different areas, going all the way up to one place uh, in the headwaters when we set the last camp. And then we just walk because there is no way to keep pushing the canoe way up because yeah. the boulders and huge currents and right. so there it, it becomes like a tiny river. Right. And one day I just arrived to a big rock in the top of the headwaters where we have a waterfall, right? Uh -huh. So the fish cannot come up over it. So all the stock of fish just stay there at the end of the season, especially when they migrate to spawn. And I just step over that huge rock. I take a look around. I see a bunch of huge catchfish, like 80 pounds and 100 pounds, the huge moturo. black moturos, yes, yeah. which are like incredible to catch sometimes. And I just look around them and I see a monster that I like it was as wide as long, like huge, just like over 35 pounds for sure. Wow. We couldn't wow. catch it, never ever. It was like that's a, like one that you find in La Zona, right? Exactly. Yeah. But it's completely impossible to catch to it just because you have a cliff and then uh -huh. at that that season we had like a fallen tree all the way across the waterfall. Sure. So there is no way to I mean, even if you could hook it, right. there's no way you to fight it, you land it. Exactly. You there's no way. You have to swim like in the deepest pool of the zone, yeah. which lived I mean, where it has like a lot of Huge monster fish, catfish. Uh, I wouldn't swim. <laughs> no, a little dicey. No but it's really cool to know that that fish lives in that system. Absolutely, they're in there. Yeah, yeah, they are. So, which every if, time then someone hooks one, and they're and it looks really big and breaks them off. You're like, well, maybe it was could 35 be. Pounds. It is. It is. <laughs> they are. They are. They're there yeah. somewhere. the The biggest one we landed by far was I landed. Sorry. Uh, it was yeah almost 30 pounds fish it was like kind of big in the middle section of the river about 14 kilos wow oh, it's huge, it was huge. It's a big fish. off of like log structure or yeah we were just working a log dam uh -huh. it was a kind of big rug in the middle uh -huh. and we just let the fly sink a while and suddenly the fisherman strips uh -huh. and just the fly doesn't move anymore and I thought it was a log uh -huh. because it was so solid exactly and then he hooks it again, and the logs start moving forward. That's right? exciting. And suddenly jumps out of water, just the head shaking out because it was too heavy to jump the whole thing out. And we finally landed it after five or seven minutes of fight. Which for Amazing. Dorado, I mean, they're incredible to fight, but they oh, don't fight gosh. for that long. I mean, so yeah, that's they, a long fight for Exactly, yeah, yeah, for those kind of big fish, yeah. they just dead weight in the yeah. middle of the current and they don't move anymore. So you gotta take care of your tippet and also wire. So you gotta work them easy. I mean, next time we go, we're gonna definitely try to get up a little bit further, do a camp, get up. But the two trips that we've done, the biggest fish that I've hooked by far were in the middle and lower section off of big log jam stuff. Didn't land any of them though. Because if they have friends, it's exactly. a problem and that cut your line, somebody flosses your line, somebody's trying to eat the fly out of their fish's mouth, and then there's so much structure, if you don't hold them out of that, out of the logs, you're done. Absolutely, yeah, what, what I think is that 
they are distributed in the whole system, right? But in the headwaters where, where it's easier to side fish for them, you can find only the medium and small size. I mean, medium, we are talking about 20 pounds, right? As big, but then we can have some 30 or 40 pounders, but I think they just hunt in the pools where millions of sabalos lives as well, and they don't get into the right. shallow waters too. Right. You're not gonna see fish. that fish sitting exactly. in 18 they, inches of clear water like you exactly. would maybe a nice 15 pound fish. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Now, 18 inches of clear water for me is a really nice transition to um, fishing in Argentina together. Let's talk about some trout. <laughs> Fishing Stories is brought to you by Rep Your Water Apparel. For those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders and owners of Rep Your Water, where we make everything from hats, sun shirts, merino blend sun hoodies, whiskey glasses, teas, and much more. All of our products feature unique designs, and all of them support our conservation partners. To see the latest and learn more, check out our website, www.repyourwater.com. Fishing Stories is also brought to you by Lock & Co. Whiskey. Distilled right here in Colorado and finished with hand-cut, charred Colorado Aspen wood discs, this smooth and yet complex whiskey is as unique as any trout stream. It's a staple on our bar at home and is delicious served as is or even mixed in a cocktail. To learn more, go to www.lockandcodistilling.com. Lock spelled with an E. Country too. We've been in Bolivia together two times. Mm -hmm. And then the first time we met, we discussed like, hey... If you guys ever want to come to Argentina, come fish my water with me. It'd be great. And like, you know, anyone who's been fishing with someone, you're kind of like, that sounds amazing. I hope I find the time. And you never know if you'll ever find the time. Right. Well, usually it doesn't work out, but right. it sounds great. But we found the time. So Damn. we headed south and we met Sandy in like middle of December um, of last year. And we got to see your home water, which... Is as beautiful as you said. It was great. I was waiting for it in the last three years and <laughs> finally worked it out. And we had a great time. I just showed them the best potential that we have in that area. Yeah. Like spring creeks, little rivers, big rivers where we can float. Uh, dry fly fishing mostly. We fish yeah. for, for trout with the streamer as well. By the way, a little bit. Gary's on hook, a very nice one. Yeah. One of the days we flowed the Alumine with a streamer. Yeah. Unfortunately, came off. Boy. Right. <laughs> Angler error, I'm sure. I mean, I had to use a little bit of nymphing technique just to get the skunk off early. It was a tough first day for me because we went to the Spring Creek, which Spring Creeks are amazing. And honestly, Garrison and I were super nervous, like, oh, shit, is this going to be like a Montana Spring Creek? Like super spooky and super clear i mean when you picture a spring creek you picture a very low gradient calm s curves there's no structure yeah. very technical and santi kept promising oh no you guys are gonna be fine like yeah it's technical but it's not i mean we're gonna find fish don't even worry about it and i'm like i don't know like day one jitters are like <laughs> so high and Garrison caught a couple nice fish pretty early. Yeah, but this piece of water was amazing because it's a spring creek and the water is gin clear. I mean, so clear. But there's a lot of sections that are rapids. I mean, you have fast water, oh, yeah, you have yeah. high gradient sections. Shallow pockets. water, high gradient, fast water, right. white water sometimes, right. pocket waters. Right. You can find fish almost in every structure. So right. it's 
great. And what you realize is that even a really smart fish in gin clear water, if it's sitting in really fast water, you don't have time to look and decide if it's 3x tippet or it's 7x tippet. And Absolutely. you also have to make a decision pretty quick whether you're going to eat a fly Absolutely. or not. Or you take it or leave. Right. Yeah. You're missing your meal so or you're not. it makes it a lot less technical if you can find fish in that faster water and fly to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That place, it's, I mean, it has two different sections. Uh, the upper part is a big valley with a lot of bands, more quiet and flat waters but at that time the water was already low for fish to fish right. that section so i decided to go to the lower part where we have kind of a structure as you mentioned before and well the fish were there oh they were there. they were there as promised well and i mean i guess for me like when i have thought about going to northern patagonia where we were which is i mean it's kind of on the northern end of like the classic Patagonian fly fishing rivers, right? Exactly. We were fishing uh, the Illumine watershed, right? So larger river, but it's kind of, I would say maybe one of the more northern. Yeah, it's one of the northern basins that right. we have that flows through the Atlantic Ocean. Right. And, and when I think about that area and what I've seen photos from that area, like northern Patagonia, like incredibly beautiful but i don't see that many photos of people with like big trout usually when i see people a lot come, of trout yeah usually when i see people come back it's like yeah that's a you know that's a nice 18 inch fish you know yeah that's sure. cool but we can find that fish not that far from our house yeah well if we try a little bit maybe but i will say that in this spring creek in this watershed and what we saw like there were some really nice fish. Absolutely. That big brown that was in the smooth tail out, that was a big one. We found it twice. Actually, <laughs> the first and the last day. Yeah. Did we catch it? We couldn't. I spooked it the first day. In my defense, it was very windy, but also I did blow the cast. No, it was a downstream wind with a dry fly. It was almost... No, it was upstream cast directly into the wind. That, yeah. So the wind was coming downstream. Yeah. You were casting it. It wasn't We're saying the same thing. And the second, like, the second time we went there, we just saw the fish with Corinne Garrison was down there on the river just trying to cast. I mean, well, we and, did go yeah, specifically to that place to try to find oh, the bastard. Yeah. And he was there. Oh, yeah. They just, they arrested the fish. They don't yeah. move at all. And then he disappeared. They are smart fish. That's the reason why they I mean, grow up that big, right? Sanji <laughs> and I were spotting and we're watching, watching, and he's like, Corinne, do you see it? And I'm like, yes, of course I see it. But this is Santi. He likes to make sure. Now do you see it? You see it now? And then all of a sudden he goes, do you see it? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> because neither of us saw it and it just disappeared. But that brown that you caught, I'll never forget. It was beautiful. I mean, the fish was set up. In fast, shallow water, right in front of a boulder. Like right between could... two perfect rocks. It was like a perfect pocket. Yeah. So, you know, I was downstream casting up. I had a nice casting window in the middle of the river. My two guides were on the side, making sure I was casting to the correct rock. Correct. <laughs> You've done it great. It was amazing. I mean, it was, what, 16 inches of water. Yeah. Big fish. I think Real, the, I first saw... the first cast was like at his tail and a little to the side. Right. He didn't spook. He didn't care. 
You guys well, the are water's like, coming in fast enough and choppy yeah. enough that like that fish doesn't spook that easily. Yeah, and you guys are both like twelve more inches. I'm like, okay, I can do twelve more inches. Boom, put it right in, and that fish came in and ate it so perfectly. It was just so a textbook brown yeah. and so fun to watch. And that river is cool too because a lot of the substrate is really light. So you have darker patches with, you know, some... Weeds. Yeah, some weeds. Rocks. Yeah. But then you have these light patches, and these fish will set up on these light patches. Like, it's pretty easy. Pretty easy to be like, well, that one sticks out like a sore thumb right there. That was cool. It was a really, really fun day for us to just trade off with the dry fly. I mean, we bent out some hooks, like... We had at the beginning of the day. Well, actually, you hooked the first brown trout as soon as we arrived. Yeah, it's fishing like a dang in a the same CDC like bluing olive on like a sixteen. It's a beautiful fly. A lot of confidence in this fly. Like trout will eat this fly. I'm like, I got this. Yeah, when nothing else is working, put that on. So why put anything else on? Right, sure. <laughs> put and the fish ate it so confident, and I set, and everything was good, and then it was gone. I was like, ah. Oh. You must not have like had it in a good spot. Did I check did the you, fly? Did you check your fly? No, I didn't. No, check. I didn't. No, he did didn't not check, check the fly. fly. <laughs> your your no, guide no. is not happy. <laughs> didn't check the fly. No. Saw another one. Like okay, we'll get this one. Cast okay. He eats. Set. Fish gone. I'm like okay. We gotta what check the, now. We check what the, the fly. fuck's going on? Looked at the fly <laughs> and the hook was bent out off the first fish. New fly. One cast, and you hooked that nice brown. Yeah, but it's pretty amazing to like work through that country and walk up to the head of a run and be like, okay, so we got a brown here. There's a rainbow working over on this oh, section. Oh, here comes another one. Oh, here's a guy in this back eddy over here oh. kind of working this, but we'd have to get on the other side. Yeah, there are some spots that are incredible, as well as the aquarium. Yeah, as I call it. Yeah. Like, I called it the shark tank. Oh, it's <laughs> incredible. You can, find, you can find like 15 fish in the same yeah. spot, like cruising around, some of them feeding on the lines on the surface, some of them nymphing underneath. And right. Fish suspended different heights in different yeah, spots. Uh, and such a spot and stock game, which I mean, well, just that's all about that creek. But then we have also the Lumina River, which is the main one. And by the way, we hit the right time to fish the willow worms which was so cool people have talked about the willow worms and i just didn't know i mean you even were like oh the willow worms are here and i'm like what does that even mean what do we care is that good i don't know i mean the funny thing is i the only like real knowledge i had of willow worm hatch was watching videos from new zealand where you know the willow worms drop in it's this whole big thing i didn't even know this existed oh, in south america that's amazing every and then summer, all of a sudden you were like it's time and i was like every summer it's we a got very it. technical fly it is it is <laughs> it's just a piece of green foam tied in a 14 size hook it's a beautiful beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. has to be sparsely hackled we could say I don't think I saw hackle on any of those Correct. Flies. That's what I, <laughs> I just. I think I die like a dozen every five minutes. Yeah. With yeah. a bunch of beers in the middle. Yeah. And we, we used all of them. That oh, yeah. Died. We killed them all. Well, the thing with the willow worm hatch is like the fish set up 
in kind of the middle, slower meat of the run where you have some back eddies on the side, some slower water, the willows are overhanging, and a lot of these fish cruise obviously really shallow underneath the willows because that's where the worms are. It's a good so spot. High risk, high reward cast. Correct. But we you beat, can't catch one if you don't try. We beat them up. We beat them up. Oh, we hit them each time. Some double up. And so sight fish. Mean, yeah. It's so visual. It's almost more like fishing cruisers in a lake. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Because some of these runs are pretty big. Like I said, the water's not moving that fast. And you're like, okay, got a rainbow set up here. You can just kind of stop the boat, right. wait for them to right. come back. It's not that hard to back row, slow the boat, have somebody. Yeah. Exactly. And also the average size of those fish, I mean, it's great. I, I caught a fish about five pounds or six pounds. I, I didn't weigh it, but... It was a huge brown, just lying. I could see it before I cast. Uh, it was lying under, oh, under a willow, and I just put a fly in the right place, and it just saved it so easy, so easy. And I fought it for about, I don't know, 15 minutes because it was a big fish, and I was with 5X and a four-weight rod, so I didn't want to break it up. Yeah. And I played very simple and easy. Okay, let's do it by manual, right? Yeah. And I made it happen. It was probably my biggest fish on a drive night ever. Amazing. That's awesome. Well, and then, you know, I love to throw streamers. So at a certain point, I was like, Santi, we're floating over a lot of amazing structure to throw streamers. <laughs> I, I Don't get me wrong. I no. love playing the drive-by game and, you know, sight fishing. But also, like, if we're going to be rolling through these, like, rapids and drop-offs. Might as well be ripping a streamer through here. It didn't take long to throw a streamer and pick up some nice browns out of there. Yeah, especially the brown trout. It reacts very, course. very good course. to the Majority of the fish eating the willow worms are rainbows. Yeah. But it can happen on a big Oh, of course. Of yeah. course. Santinos. Of course. Well, I think as a finisher, we should close here with the fact that we are in Mexico. We're trying to find permit. Technically, we have found permit. Just not to hand. I was going to say, speaking of like playing a fish <laughs> by the book on light tipping. Santi, do you want to tell everybody what happened today? Uh, it was actually heartbreaking for me. It's like my very first experience in saltwater fishing. And we just found the permit, right? A nice school of permit cruising around in a deep hole between two very big flats and Corinne goes first, she got a nice shot to one. Unfortunately, we couldn't make it happen, and then we switch. And I just go in the front of a boat in the platform, and I see the fish just in front of me. And I make the right cast, I let the fly sink. I was fishing a shrimp, a small shrimp. And my guy says, just strip, strip, short and slow, and the fish just come. And it takes, and I set. And I set too hard, and I don't let him run, and it suddenly breaks off. So I lost my chance today. But we have one more day. One we can more make day. It happen. One more day. Yeah, it's We're gonna, gonna see. Yeah. Well, I at least you hooked one. I had a shot at two yesterday, and they were so happy, and they all they wanted to do was eat a crab. And I got finally got a shot in. It was great, and the fish turned, and he looked, and I think I just I was fishing a crab, not a shrimp. Stripped a little fast. Oh no! And he was like, "That's a fast-moving crab. I'm not doing this." 
none of us, none of us are permit experts yet. We're working on it. We'll get there. Slow but sure. But the good news is it's always a pleasure to hang out with you, Santi. We love you so much. We appreciate you taking the time right now. I mean, it's cocktail hour, so thanks for taking the time to chat with us about all of our adventures. Yeah, we cannot wait to fish with you in Bolivia, in Argentina. You're invited to Colorado always. Absolutely. We'll make it happen. Yes. Good. I'm already looking for some new experience with you both and we'll go fishing whatever. That's for sure. We've already done it in Bolivia, Argentina, now in Mexico. So we have so many places. We'll see where we see each other next. And for anyone that would like to book a guide trip with Santi, obviously you can book a guide trip through Untamed Ambling, through Zamani Lodges. If you Uh, want to go to Bolivia. If you want to go to Bolivia to fish for Golden Dorado. If you want to go fish in Argentina and Northern Patagonia and side fish to some beautiful trout, I would say maybe just follow Santi on social media. Yeah. What's your handle? It's Santidal, and we are working on the website right now, so it's going to be out in the web soon. Stay tuned. And sure. we'll, we'll put info to get in contact with Santi on the show notes. Also, he's a Rip Your Water ambassador, so you can find him on our website. And uh, thank you for a fun chat. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the potential of our waters in Argentina and also in Bolivia. So thank you. That's it.